Hello, Sean Gotti here, coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. And there's not a single radio show around here that's worth a damn. So I'm listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, coming to you live, Monday through Friday. So sit back, get your trays in the upright position, feet and elbows out of the aisle, because here he comes, Eric Zane. Welcome into another, another edition of the Eric Zane Show Podcast. Uh, So glad you are here. Of course, this a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Had to break that down with somebody um, yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about your podcast. I don't know, man. I just, I just let it go. I just, uh, I've got, uh, it's hard to explain. Somehow I've managed to, uh, be able to pull this off for a couple hours every day and, uh, seems to work. I go, you just got to listen to it. You just, you just got to listen to it. That's all you got to do. Just check it out and you'll figure it out. Well, how many people on the show? Yeah, it's just me. I I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm now institutionalized. It's odd to have more than one person. Uh, it's 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 uncomfortable at this point for any other way than what I'm used to now. A little bit different when we do the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. That's starting to establish its own type of vibe to it. It takes longer to establish that because we only do it once a week. But when every single day of the work week, you're sitting here, oh my God, that's kind of like what you're used to. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for being part of it uh, right here as the show is featured from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Baldwin Ace Hardware, a beacon, uh, beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland of Michigan. Right next to the Manistee National Forest. Might even be part of it, I don't know. Uh, three dogs over my shoulder in one spot. A little bit crisp and cool in the room today, as you can see on the Twitch live stream. There they are. All nestled in nicely. Uh, my audience here for yet another show. Where um, the Twitch stream is like fantastic, and I appreciate you for being part of it. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. So when the show goes live... Uh, goes live lives that's where you head you can uh, follow this page twitch.tv slash eric zane live in fact if you're listening to the audio podcast a little bit later on in the day on demand or you uh, discover the twitch stream later on in the day and watch the replay if you could while you're there hit the follow button it's a little purple heart thing i think it's purple i don't know click on it thank you thank you thank you and if you really want to help out Uh, Because your time is valuable, but this is even more important. Well, as important, at least. Um, If you have Amazon Prime, if you scroll down a little bit, you see a red button. It says Twitch Prime. Click on that and subscribe to the show. That's an even bigger commitment 
And you just sign up with your Amazon Prime account and you get it free. But that throws money at your old pal Eric Zane. So thank you so much. All right. And uh, the Twitch stream is brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. All right. Here we go. Uh, a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, not the least of which is um, the queen of the forest. Well, uh, something happened here in the household that, um, well, we had to do some uh, moving of some uh, of some shells. But um, without getting in, into any of the details, uh, we're down a car. Uh, Madison's car is uh, out of commission and um, it will not be put back into the fleet. It is, um, that is all I, I'm really going to get into on that. Uh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But that, that vehicle is uh, no more. And uh, it wasn't because of any negligence or anything like that. And uh, I just wanted to, to set up this story. That car is done. It's an 08. Uh, Honda Accord. Now, the Queen of the Forest car is this uh, six-year-old car. It's like the uh, uh, newest thing we have, okay? Sarah Rook Ruck says, come on, we need the details and the crying. I imagine, I imagine that this will come out, but, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm respecting the wishes. Uh, we're just going to leave that alone. No, don't even worry about it. No big deal. We're not going to talk about that. But that car is now no longer in service. So, okay. Now we're like, what do we do? Well, she's going to need a car. But Terry says, what's wrong with it? Want to sell it? It's, uh, nope, nope. You can't, uh. You can't buy it. Can't buy it. I cannot say anything else. Shh. Let me just move on to the next part because the more you ask questions, the more I'm going to be tempted to tell the story. So we're uh, just going to leave that alone. <laughs> so some of you are starting to connect dots, and I'm I'm laughing because. Of your dot connecting efforts. Uh, Wingsguy71 says, cough, cough, Patreon. I thought about that too. No, no. Because there was one moment in particular in time where I was telling a sensitive story on the Patreon. And a member of my family, I'm not lying. You don't even know this. I never talked about it, Was on the other side of that door. And uh, they realized that I was uh, destroying the trust. And that was very hurtful to that person. So, no, there will be no discussing this. So, why don't you guys all shut the fuck up and uh, let me continue on. Look at all these questions. You're all trying to pry the information uh, out of me. Okay? Radio voice Linda stoking the fire with more questions, everyone. No, I'm not going to answer your questions. Anyway. So, uh, that car is no longer... uh, Part of the fleet. Let's just say that. 
We're sitting there figuring it out. Like, well, okay. Um, Diana's car is six years old. It's got 80,000 miles on it. And I've been like, well, you know, we'll just drive this uh, till the wheels fall off the damn thing. That that was the plan. But no, we, we have to, the word that people use these days is pivot. We have to pivot. And uh, sometimes pivoting leads to, uh, you know, uh, just kind of like an altered plan. But when you uh, don't wrap your mind around it, it seems impossible at the time. But the idea is let's go back to uh, Sarah Honda Granville and um, see what they have to offer. You know, what type of uh, what type of cars are available now? The, the vehicle that's out of the fleet is uh, is not being used for trade value or anything like that. We're just going to get a car. Okay, so I was looking at um, some cars that are a couple years old. Uh, uh, Civics. And, uh, you know, cars are, uh, it's a, you know, it's a little bit of a different market right now because of the pandemic and all this shit, but... Uh, I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, okay, well, these are all pretty doable. I think I can pull this off. And uh, essentially, I'm, well, I am, I'm picking up a payment. I had no car payment, nothing. But I go, well, for this, I'm going to pick up a payment because this is why I typically do it. If I get a, if I get a car, um, I don't uh, follow the Dave Ramsey principle. I go and I get it on credit and then I work like hell to pay it off fast. So, you know, whatever I have to do, beg, borrow, steal, work my ass off, sell some more sponsorships, sell some more Patreons and pay the fucking thing off. So, you know, okay, no big deal. And, uh, so sitting there and I'm looking, uh, and I, I, uh, I call up my buddy Cameron from, uh, from Sarah Honda and I go, Hey, um, I see you guys don't have any hybrids. Diana wants a hybrid. Uh, he goes, oh, no, we have hybrids. I go, oh, really? And uh, he goes, yeah, I, I have a 2022 Accord hybrid touring. And I go, oh, my God. Now, that's like my, okay, if I were smart, which I'm not, I take it back. No, this is this is good. I, I can't even sit there and be critical of my own decision, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, that's a great fucking car. It's really a great car. And holy shit. <sighs> Brand fucking new. And so I go, okay, I'm coming to get that car. I'm going to buy that car. Today. I'm coming to get it. It's like a gray. Um, it's, I think they call it, um, I forget the name of the color, but it, it, they they say it resembles the color of a dolphin, like a like a gray with a with a hint of blue in it. It's really fucking cool. And uh, th- now this is Diana's. So um, I reach out to her. I go, hey, uh, I th- I think I think this is gonna be your car. Because she goes, oh my god! And she, I mean, instantly, the Pooh Bear points were already overflowing. But now it's like, I think I could get uh, anal. Uh, so, holy fuck. Man, and uh, I just I just shut my mouth. I just had her deal with her. And, he, and the, the sales guy is like taking her through all the things. I mean, this is, this is really a, a sweet, sweet ride. I'm really, really happy for her. Um, and um, 
It's just, she's just stoked. So then what to do? We got this car and we, we went ahead, took care of everything. It was great. Those folks are awesome. Uh, I love them. There's their sign right there. Sarah Honda Granville. It just, it just cycled through. So uh, I've got a really great relationship with them. And uh, I, I just can't say enough about them. So this car is home. You know, we, we have the car and all in my mind, I'm just like, you know, just uh, let's, let's try to keep the car between the lines. It's got uh, all these amazing safety features on it. It's a very, very safe car and it's very practical. Uh, the fact that it uh, sips gasoline, you know, even when you drive it like a dick, it's going to get 45 miles to the gallon. Um, Linda says pictures and, uh, uh no, well, hang on a second. Maybe I can get, I can send one, one to, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't even going to talk about this, so I'm, I'm not prepared. I actually have a video of her driving the damn thing. Um, so then I'm like, well now what to do with this Dodge? The journey, like I said, is only like, it's not even six years old, 80,000 miles, great running car. Uh, looks fantastic. It is. And I go, well, we'll just give this one to Madison. And then Diana says, mm, no, let's not do that. And um, I go, well, why? Well, what the hell are we going to do? And she says, uh, well, Jim and Aubrey and the kids, would this would work better for them. And Jim's car, Jim drives an 07 Accord, the first new car I ever purchased in my life. We still have that car. This is the one that one week after buying it on the way to work at the radio station, I crashed it because I was fucking with the radio. Don't drive distracted. Um, so that, that thing still runs great. I mean, uh, that's, that's why I'm, I'm always excited to talk to you about Sarah Honda Granville. The cars run forever unless, uh, unless if something, you know, something makes them undrivable. Um, so Madison is getting that car. She basically was driving an 08 Accord. And uh, uh, now she's driving an 07 Accord. The journey is going over to Jim and Aubrey. So they are like, I go, hey, I got some news. And, you know, Jim and Aubrey, they, you know, they're, they don't have two nickels to rub together. I go, uh, hey, buddy. Um, so I broke the news to him, and he's like, he cannot believe it. And I go, yeah, yeah. And, he go, and I go, this is, uh, he goes, well, how much do I have to pay you? I go, no, fuck it, man. I mean, come on. You're inner, inner, inner circle. It's yours. Just take the fucking car. Just keep it between the lines. You even got snow tires. You're going to love this. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, so I have to take this 07 Accord over to my friends at Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid. Cause you know, I don't think Jim has, I mean, he's been maintaining at a level, but not a level that I would be comfortable with. So I think, I think I'm going to be spending a little bit of money, Megan. I'm going to bring this car over to you. I think we need a brake issue. We have a brake issue. And, and uh, I was talking to Jim and he goes, so dad, uh, it needs front brakes. I go okay. He goes, but I but I got the I got the brakes. Just uh, just take them over to any garage and put them on. I go. Mm. 
Well, the place I take it to, I don't think that's going to work. I, I, I doubt that the parts that you have are, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll bring it up with them, but I don't know. Maybe they can do that. Maybe they can. If they can't, that's fine. They, they might have a policy against that. Well, some, some shops do, but we shall see. It's just a little bit of wet work, that finessing, and it's not the prettiest flower, okay? It's got a different colored front bumper, but, you know, it'll get her to what uh, she wants to have, uh, to the place she wants to go while she's on a college campus, you know? And if uh, if by just some odd chance she, uh, you know, there's a little fender bender, something like that, eh, no big deal. It's a car, it's a fucking really old car. It's had its day. It'll serve its purpose. Uh, Terry says Jim has to clean all the Cheetos and uh, stains and the Cheetos from the back seats. Yes, not the prettiest interior. He's hard on the car. You know, the thing is, when I gave him that car, I was um, I was always kind of, I was kind of bummed out because you know I tried to keep that car a little cleaner, and then I noticed that with him having the car. It, it was, oh, Jesus, it was a fucking booger mobile. Ah. Amanda says, in the meantime, my daughter is driving her car just to work barely and having to take the bus to the, to the campus. Oh, God. Sorry to hear that. Well, you know, at least she uh, goes to school on a campus where there's a casino and she could maybe uh, have a couple uh, great nights at the blackjack table. Crank says, in response to the garbage being on Jim's car, well, it won't be condom wrappers because you know, well, all right, I get it. Yes, that's true. There, there, there won't be any condom wrappers. All right, so that, that kind of just unfolded. So the queen of the forest is just, uh she is just over the moon. And so she's like, so can you maybe move your truck uh, to a different spot instead of being in the garage? I don't want it to be so close to my car. I'm just like, oh, is this how it's going to be? And I said to her, I go, all right. Um, yeah, and I, I'm probably, she goes, then, you know, there's going to be a lot of salt on the road that are going to get on my new car. Do you think, maybe, I go, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it, honey. Just, just, this is all part of Pooh Bear Points. My God. All right. So that kind of has uh, unfolded uh, before our eyes here. I know you're like, oh, wait, there's, there's a key point to the story that I think you're sidestepping. That's true. True. Yeah, I just, nothing big. Uh, you need to know that the Super Bowl party continued last night for your old pal, Eric Zane. Uh, and, okay. I am not at a point in food consumption where if there's a Super Bowl party that I'm just going to take that overabundance of food, the decadence that we had that took place on Sunday... And I'm not just going to let that uh, uh, rot in the fridge and then just throw it away. That is, that's fucking a sin, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, the 11 pounds of meatballs and, uh, you know, giant gallon-sized bags of bone-in wings and mozzarella sticks 
and uh, uh, cheese slices, crackers, and summer sausage that are uh, ready to go at a moment's notice. Um, pretty much going to feed your old pal Eric Zane for the next week. So it, uh, I think the I, oh, and the uh, 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 cocktail weenies in barbecue sauce. Um, yeah, that uh, that to me is uh, it's not okay to let that food go to waste. I think uh, I I think I would feel better consuming all of that than eating appropriately um eating like my age dictates and uh and then if i ate like i'm supposed to like ate a salad and some chicken breasts and that all that food that is in there uh was wasted i seriously i'd be terrible so i got home from the basketball game and the super bowl party was back on game 24 hours uh, later and okay yeah i 9 p.m four mozzarella sticks 10 bone-in wings oh god fantastic made me so happy i'm starving right now just thinking about it i know i'm eating like shit when the next morning at 8 27 a.m like it is right now i'm starving my body is like, yeah, you've been really packing it on, man. So let's keep this party going. Let us keep this party going. Um, back yesterday at the house after another Grand Rapids gold game where I only said drive once. I only referred to them as the Grand Rapids drive. And I didn't even say all of the word drive. I said, you're a Grand Rapids drive. Drop. I think I didn't say draw. I think I said drive. I own. I like the back half of the V and the E. I did not say. I truncated it and I caught it. And um, I went. Whoop. You could hear me go. Uh, uh, gold. Your Grand Rapids drive. And that'll be coming up Friday night with your Grand Rapids drive. Gold, and then I actually, and then I actually said, "Whoops!" Uh, there was like a uh, hundred people there last night. There's a player for the Grand Rapids Gold by the name of Matt Ryan, not to be confused with the NFL quarterback, the underachieving NFL quarterback who I think still plays for Atlanta. And typically, if he he shoots a lot of three-pointers, if he makes one sometimes, I'll go, Matt Ryan, touchdown to Julio Jones or Julio Jones. What's his name? Julio Jones. And everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. Um, touchdown, Matt Ryan. And uh, so that's that. I, I didn't do that. Uh, what I did do, though, and as soon as I said it, I looked around at the scorer's table, and I don't think anybody noticed. And what I did was, I said, Matt! And all I have to say is, Ryan, for three! But what came out was, Matt Ford, for three! Why would you say, Matt Ford? This is Matt Ford. He used to play hockey for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Holy shit. 
What an asshole I am. That was, I don't know how that got into my brain, but his name is Matt Ryan. And I said, Matt Ford. I mean, I didn't even truncate it. It wasn't like Matt Ford, Ryan. It was Matt Ford for three. Matt Ryan for three. And after I said Matt Ford, I looked to my right at the scorer's table. I looked to my left at the scorer's table. I looked at our coach and our bench. I looked at the 11 fans across from me, the 25 fans behind me all very quickly. And no one noticed. No one batted an eye. Wow. Terribly embarrassing. The refs. This happened. We got a guy for the Grand Rapids Gold whose name is Quade Green. Who, first time I said his name, I called him Quade. Quade! Remember that? Uh, What was that movie? Uh, A Total Recall. The one guy's driving the uh, the uh, cab. Quade! Hey, Quade! Quade Green. It's a little fella. He's like Patriot Nick height. Just a teeny weeny little buddy. And every time he scores a basket, I say his name. Quade Green! And yeah, I've been doing it all year. And... I don't know what the hell happened, but, um, so he'd score a bucket and then the refs would come running by like one, like these two in particular, it was three refs. It was, uh, um, not, not the head ref. The head ref's called the crew chief. The other two are the referee and the umpire. It goes umpire, referee, crew chief, but they're all refs. The crew chief, not involved in this, but the umpire and the ref are running by and and they uh and so Green will score a basket like a layup and I'll I'll say his name and then they'll come running by and they'll go, That was two. That was two. Uh or it all started when Green scored one near the three point line and I announced his name, and then the ref comes running by and says, Two. That was two. And like we're, we're all looking at each other like, What the fuck is that all about? And then this happens uh more than once. And then uh, there's a timeout late in the game, and the refs come over to get water. And uh, this lady ref, um, she walks up to me. She goes, you like calling those threes, don't you? And I go, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's a good time. Yep. And I, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And, she, and uh, I rarely do the officials make a comment about PA announcing. And so um, I'm wondering what's up. And then uh, the game is winding down. We got our ass kicked by like 30 points. And uh it they it still keeps happening. They keep every time Green scores, they come running by the bench and say that that's two. That's a two-pointer. What the fuck? And then we put two and two together. These refs think that when I say quad a green that I'm saying quad a for 3. But I'm 
the thing it's going quarry for three but i'm saying quarry green you know his fucking name so then the ref uh the the guy ref comes running by and uh he stops he goes i just realized you've just been calling his name those aren't three pointers i go we go well yeah you fucking dick what the fuck is wrong with you and then uh the game ends and the, the female official is two female officials. La- lady comes up and I go, did you think I was calling three pointers every time quad a green would make a bucket? She goes, yeah, I just thought you were fucking with me because a couple of them were just layups. I go oh, for fuck's sake. I go, nah, I'm a little more professional than that. You, you think I'm just going to fuck with the refs and start announcing three pointers when they're, when they're two point baskets. And it says, how the hell did you not take, or did you not figure that out? It took you the whole fucking game. And she didn't figure it out. I didn't tell her. The guy's name is Quad A Green. He scores. I go, Quad A Green. Hold on. It's a two-pointer. Yeah, I know. What the fuck's wrong with you? I didn't say it was a three. Uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting two indictments. Arc Flash 480 says, Dungaree ass sound system. And... Jason Schaefer says the PA system is the same quality as the shot clock. Negative. It sounds fine. No need to start a fight. Uh, Six years ago today was President's Day. Monday, the 15th of February, 2016. It had been one week. Um, well, actually I was fired, um, on three days prior and one of the things that they had written down in my separation agreement from GRD was I had to decide, um, what I wanted to do in terms of releasing information about my departure from the show. And um, they said to me, all right, this is, uh, we want to pay you a bunch of money. It was, uh, I think it was like $40,000 or something like that to say you resigned. And also by saying you resigned, you will never discuss anything about your termination, what happened, uh, all, all this. It's a, it's a, they're paying me to be quiet. And uh, they said, you have seven days to decide that. I said, okay. So I packed up my shit, walked out of the firing a few days before, went home and cried. And, uh, and I said, I thought about it. And I was really worried about myself because of a, I had that whole anxiety depression scare, which got weird. Um, that set the next day after the firing, David Velding picked me up. First of all, he took all my weapons because I was having all those suicidal thoughts. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, so he took my guns and then he drove me to pine rest, which is, a, is the loony bin. I just call it the loony bin. It's not. And so, I meet with this lady and she's talking to me about what I'm, what I was uh, feeling. And so 
uh, I, I, she goes, mm, okay, um, what do you want to do? And I said, I think I want to go home. She goes, I don't know if I want you to do that. I go, yeah. She goes, you might, I'm just not convinced that you're going to be okay. And I do have the authority to keep you here if I feel like it's necessary. I go, okay. All right. Well, I, I get that. I, I'm, I'm just going to do what you tell me to do. How does that sound? And, uh, we did some more talking and, um, you know, right away I wasn't, uh, started seeing my counselors very, very sweet man named Raymond who I haven't seen in quite some time. And, uh, so that, that, that kind of like worked itself out. But the reason why I bring this up is because of the, uh, it's, you know, it's tis the season. This is the time that we talk about this every year. So, um, and I can laugh now. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? So, all right. That ends up kind of working itself out. The, the serious portion of this uh, is still dealing with it to this day to some degree. It's uh, very much handled with uh, medication and, you know, I, life has moved on. But so the reason why I bring it up is because then Saturday happens and then Sunday happens and then Monday happens, which is that President's Day. And Greg reaches out to me. Now, I haven't yet decided as to what I want to do about um, signing that agreement to not say anything. I, I haven't really thought about it even. And um, I remember Wood TVA or Wood Radio wanted to interview me. And um, I had a non-compete, but they wanted to interview me in the scope of news about it. Wood Radio did. Phil Tower. And that word got out that I was planning to, or thinking about doing that. And Greg reached out to me and he says, I wouldn't do that. I said, what's up? He says, well, town square is going to pull the whole offer if you do that. And I, and in the back of my head, I didn't even know I might not even be taking the offer. I go, well, yeah, I realize that. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it, you know, who knows, but I just left it at that. So he kind of like offered me friendly advice. Um, Adam says, didn't Pat Collins spill the beans that Monday? He did spill the beans. He did. He revealed it on some type of social media that I was done. And I, I'm like, oh, no. But whatever. Um, so the cat was starting to get let out of the bag on that Monday. Good good recall on that. And um, so I hadn't yet decided what I was going to do. I had seven days to make that decision. So I thought, and it turns out that, um, I didn't have seven days. I had 30 days. I read the fine print of what they wrote to me. And I said to Russ Hines, who also thought it was seven days. And this is on that Monday on president's day. And I go, Russ, I, I haven't yet decided what I want to do with this. Even if it was just a seven day thing. Cause he called me up because, well, Eric, what are we going to do? What are you deciding? Are you, this is three days after I got fired. They have to come back to work on Tuesday. I won't be there. And so I get a call from Greg and I get a call from, um, Russ Hines. Are you, what have you decided? And at this point I thought I only had seven days. But it's still, it's within the window of where I, I don't have to tell you anything. I haven't, and I hadn't decided yet. And so first Russ calls me up and uh, he says, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. He goes, well, the guys have got to go to work on Tuesday. I go, okay. So what are they, what are, what are you going to do? And I go, well, again, I, I'm not sure yet. I'll, when I let you, I need to let you know, I'll let you know. I hang up. 
And this was fun for me because I, I felt like I had some degree of control in the situation at a point in my life where I had no control. And so then Greg calls me up and, uh, hello. Hey, Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Um, uh, what's going on? Uh, nothing. What's going on with you? Well, you know, just getting ready. We got this, uh, got this shit show we got to do tomorrow. And he's talking about the him revealing about me. Now, what I decide what I want to do, whether I'm saying I resign or, or whatever, that's going to determine what they mention, what they can and can't say. So in a lot of ways, that would be fantastic if it was just, uh, Eric has uh, just decided to get out of the game and he is resigning. But again, I didn't know. And uh, so I said the same thing to Greg. I go, uh, I, I don't know. He goes, well, what are we supposed to say? And I said, I don't know. I, I go, you should probably ask your boss. I mean, are you asking me what to say on your show about me? I go, I have no affiliation anymore. And I, I, that to me was remarkable because I got that impression a lot of the time over there that no one really knew how to handle this or do it. Or, or it was, it seemed, because again, I had very little information at the time what the fuck was happening because I was just sitting here in my house crying all the fucking time. I didn't know. I go, well, I, I don't know what you're going to say. Doesn't I go, you, you might want to ask your boss. So that was a little weird. And I think that that might've been the first time that I was like, yeah, this is probably going to get weird for everybody. Eventually this is, this is where things are going to get weird. So then, um, I did a little bit more investigating into this whole, what I need to, how I need to respond to this. And I learned that the seven days wasn't at all true. I had 30 days to decide what I wanted to do, whether I was resigning or quitting. And if I agree to it, then they pay me all this money and I never speak of it again. And that's that. So they went on the air Tuesday, which would be six years tomorrow. And they did this um, awkward as shit announcement about uh, that Chris uh, wrote and Greg read about Eric is no longer with the show and, and, and we can't say anything else. And they kind of made it seem like it was like, the lawyers have decided there will be no speaking of this, but in reality, they just didn't have any idea what I was going to do, but they didn't want to say, uh, it's up to Eric, what he wants to do. And I, I, I guess I, you know, whatever, whatever type of language you want to use to say what it was, it was just, it's just weird. Uh, and that, that, that was none of my business as to what they were going to say there. So I, I can't, I can't indict them as to how they handled that. Um, I'm guessing they, based on the information they had, they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So, uh, yeah, that, that kind of just unfolded in that weird way. And, uh, eventually I, I said, I, you know what? I'm just not comfortable. Um, accepting that money and then relinquishing my right and then run the risk of getting sued or something like that. Uh, I don't know. It probably would have made sense, more financial sense to take it. And I don't know. It just, I didn't want to do it. A L- little weird. But that was it. So that was on uh, President's Day back in uh, 2016. And then the day, the actual announcement, when all hell broke loose, was on that Tuesday. 
And then off to BBL. And that's where we pick up the Lost Zane recordings, which you can listen to on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, this show is, as, as I've uh, mentioned, on Twitch, of course. Twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Follow me on my social media. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page where I'm sitting out a 30-day suspension again. Uh, also brought to you by Irvine's. Blue Frost IT brings you my Twitter uh, page. Twitter is uh, at Eric Zane Show. Follow me on there too. YouTube, Frank Fuss, My Policy Shop Insurance, licensed independent insurance agent slash broker. Thank you so much. Follow me on YouTube, Eric Zane right there. Hit the uh, subscribe button, bell notification, off you go. I got Dear Meathead happening tomorrow on the show. Brought to you by JM Synthetics. If you have a question for Dad on Dear Meathead, Eric at ericzaneshow.com. I would love to hear from you. Dad would love to hear from you. You can send it along. Uh, I would do it on uh, f- uh, Facebook, uh, but, you know, say, hey, it's coming. And then you can leave a question in the comments, but uh, uh, obviously suspended there. So if you want to email a question for dad, subject line, dear meathead, uh, Eric at EricZaneShow.com on the shore liners striping inbox. Stripe the parking lot when the season calls for it. Snow on the ground right now, but uh, shore liners striping. Okay. I need water. Stand by. Matt Ford. Oh, let's see. Hush money. That's what Boomer Bob refers to what they uh, were sending my way. Wingsguy71 says, so when Joseph Christ gets fired, you'll be able to provide him with some expert advice. I don't think he's going to bang on my door. Kyle Ryan says the whole situation was rough. No answers. Lots of speculation. Radio voice, Linda. I love the lost Zane recordings. Kate says, me too. I've noticed that my voice in that is like, oh, where's subdued? I'm like, uh, I... The, the processing on those microphones were, I don't know, it was just weird. And I, and my delivery was strange. I could almost sense, I could almost hear in what I was saying. You could almost hear the lack of confidence in my voice, in my opinion. Ben Weller's question. If you had signed it, could you have negotiated for a shorter non-compete? Um, I already had the shortest non-compete clause in the history of radio. Typically, they are um, six months to one year. And, I, you know, they're they're real shitty in non-compete clauses in radio because typically a non-compete clause would mean um, you would then be paid for the amount of time you can't work, all right? Um, if you are bound by not being able to work at a competitor – and they are not bound with a financial price tag on that, that's a non-binding contract, okay? So if you have a, a one-year non-compete, they pay you for one year. 
The point of that is, isn't so much the money, it's to keep you from going to the competitor. But for some reason, radio has got it figured out in a right-to-work state, they, they, this is how they do it. And it's shit. And if you challenged it, you would win, but nobody wants to do that. And if you try to go to another radio station and explain to the new company, hey, yeah, they'll say first question as you walk in the door, well, do you have a non-compete? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, then you can't come in the door. Well, I'm going to fight it and I'm going to win. Doesn't matter. We don't want to get sued. Why? Well, because we're all bankrupt. Oh, so that's how it is. So it's almost like a weird type of passive collusion between shithead company to the next shithead company. And it's fucking terrible. So we had enough sense as the years went on on uh, the growth of uh, my old show that when we'd sign a new contract, we would whittle down the non-compete. So we started, we had a one-year non-compete, and then we it came time for contract renegotiations. Like, okay, well, we want this much money, and uh, and uh, we want a six-month non-compete. Well, no, you cannot do a six-month non-compete. You got to have a year. Like, well, then we're not going to sign the contract. Okay, all right, we'll let it happen. Six-month non-compete. Next contract. We want a three-month non-compete. Okay, uh, they agree to that. And then finally, the final contract we signed. All right, we're going to give you three-year contract, extended term. We want a 30-day non-compete, and the fucking company bought it. They said, all right, fine, 30 days. So I had a 30-day non-compete. My non-compete was so short that it wasn't even enough time to find a new job. I wasn't on the air until two months to the day of getting fired. Maybe two months and a day. It was it was a two-month time frame. In fact, Russ Hines calls me at the end of my 30 days. He goes, well, good luck to you. I don't know why I had that conversation with him. It was, it was for a different reason. But he said, I know you're going to be going back. I'm like, well, no, I'm not, Russ. I don't have anything. I didn't have shit. It took a little time to work out that cumulus deal. Which, I'm telling you, at the time, being on 107.3 seemed like a great idea. Hybrid station. You have a, you have this hard-hitting, uh, fun-loving, big personality to Eric Zane out in the morning and then sports all day with huge in the afternoon. And um, then we signed on right away. We want Dan Patrick. Fuck you. Oh, it was terrible. And then Cartwright, being the pussy that he was, caved. Uh, if, let's see. Brian asks, if you are so crappy as to be fired or let go, why would they care if you went somewhere else? Wouldn't you just go somewhere else and make that place shit too? I don't know. I guess maybe. I'm not sure. You'd have to ask them. Uh this one, most of the time a non-compete only applies if you quit. If they fire you, it's their problem. Correct. Not in radio, though. What about WBBL? What was that non-compete? I don't know. I, I, I don't even recall. Um, in fact, I think I have one right now. And I think it's massive. Now, here I am. I do 
part-time hours on the weekend on the oldies station. I do it right here. Takes me half an hour to do five or six hours of broadcast on 101.3. Not everybody knows that, so it's worth mentioning once in a while. You know, I'm I'm playing, you know, Martha and the Vandellas. It's awesome. I love it. I love doing it. It makes me happy. The longest I talk, I set a record the other day on 101.3. I talked for a minute 10. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to, this is way too wordy. What am I doing? So, all right. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure, and that's an iHeartRadio station that hired me. I think it's like a one-year non-compete or something like that. Maybe, maybe six. I have no idea. I have no clue. I just signed it. I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, didn't even try to talk my way out of it. It's just a, like a boilerplate form templates. I don't give a shit. Take it. It's not like anybody's going to come banging on my door anyway. If they did, I'd be like, Hey, uh, I'm, uh, I earned $18, uh, on the last two week pay period. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, that is uh, that is worth it. Boomer Bob says, at least you didn't Opie or Imus. Uh, I'm not sure what that means. I know Opie got fired from Sirius. After, didn't he take a picture of some guy who was taking a dump in the stall, like held his held his phone over while the guy was taking a shit and took a and took a picture of the guy? And I'm not sure how Imus got fired. God rest Don Imus' soul. That sick bastard. All right. Radio War Stories. I love it so much. I love telling Radio War Stories. I can do this shit all day. I hope it's not boring and shitty for you. Um, But sometimes it's, uh, it's worth it to go down that road. Especially uh, when it's tis the season. It's firing season. When signing with iHeart, do they try to influence you on objectionable content or language on your podcast? Um, no, no, there is no crossover. I'm a little, there was a little uh, bit of weirdness because when I met with the boss there, um, I didn't even meet with the boss. I, I they, they just said, Hey, do you want to come back? And I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'm not, I'm not coming in, but I'll do it. And, uh, so, you know, I, I, I like doing the, the voice tracking and which, you know, admitting that there was a time in radio when you would never, ever admit that it's voice tracked theater of the mind. The audience doesn't need to know that. But now if you turn on the station, if you turn me on when I'm on 6 PM to midnight, Saturday and Sunday, you will hear a voice that says some of some portions of this show are pre-recorded. There's a voice that says that, and I've never heard radio do that before, but now they do. And I'm like, why are you doing that? What, what is the point? Who gives a shit? Don't tip them. I mean, I, I, I'm tipping it off now because they did it first. Why are you tipping that? Why are you tipping off the audience? And it's like, well, they don't know what's pre-recorded. Well, what the fuck? What do you think they're going to, they're going to figure it out that it's me because, okay, is it the commercials? Could they be pre-recorded? Well, of course they're going to think the commercials are pre-recorded. They're not going to think those are live. Are they going to think the Marvin Gaye song is pre-recorded? Well, that's not a mystery either. He's been dead for 35 years. 
So, of course, they're going to deduce that it's me. So, they're, uh, they don't care anymore. So, all right, fine. Kyle, thank you. He writes, you never bore us with your stories, Eric Zane. There's a reason we tune each day, tune in each day to listen. You're good at what you do. Well, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I think I have like a massive non-compete at the old station. So back to your question, though, about um, uh, objectionable, objectionable content or language on your podcast. The boss there. And they said, yeah, you can, uh, you can uh, come back. And if you want, you can do the podcast here. That's what they said. And I would go, well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. I, I am all set, um, but that's good to know. So right away, I assume they don't care. They do not care that I do the podcast and what the hell I say. Now, maybe they haven't heard me tell everyone to go fuck themselves. I don't know. But um, thank God that we have this because you know now it's i don't have to answer to anybody so if they said hey well uh, you know with your voice tracking uh you know and you're still on your podcast telling people to go fuck themselves we gotta have a meeting about that and then i would say no we don't well why don't you i mean you realize what you're saying to us it's insubordination well, i don't care you know this is i do that for kicks at this point Thank you for the offer, and I appreciate doing it, and I'll keep doing it as long as you want me to do it. But if I if it if it boiled down to ultimatum, <laughs> sorry, and that goes for if there was ever a time that um, whatever some radio company said, hey, we want you to do a morning show, but you have to stop doing the podcast. Said, well, I can't do that. That this is my livelihood. You can't pay me enough. I take it back. If they said, and I think you'd want me to do this, it would never happen because radio doesn't pay like it used to. Uh, But if there ever was a point that there was like, hey, we're going to give you a million dollars a year, but you got to stop doing the podcast. Even then, that would be very, very difficult for me because, no, it wouldn't. Because if I had a million dollars, I would, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of money to just sock away, you know? And I could always come back to um, to doing the podcast as long as you understood as an audience what I was doing. And eventually I would because it would dry up. There's no way that that would work out. But let's. Uh, I, I will tell you this. If Mornings in Grand Rapids came a calling for whatever reason, let's say Tony retired finally, which he needs to. Let's say Tony from LAV retired. And then the first thing I would do is I would reach out to them and i would say all right now i burned every bridge out the door okay every bridge uh and the boss there i that bridge is torched that conversation would have to take place uh and i would probably have to apologize damn it not on here but I was pretty pissed off and um, perhaps some common ground could be achieved. And then I would, uh, you know, I would do it for an amount of money that wouldn't be able to keep me from wanting to stop this. They, they just wouldn't be able to pay. 
And I'm just using that as an example. But if there were any, uh, there's nothing going on. I'm just saying what if, playing the what if game. If any other radio company, doesn't matter who it is. If iHeart said, hey, we want to put you on mornings, but you have to stop doing the podcast. I'm like, well, you can't pay me enough, first of all. So why don't you just put me on for next to nothing? Put me on as a contracted 1099 employee and leave me the fuck alone on the podcast. I'll just do both. That might involve moving the time of this podcast, but I would want to do both. What if Free Beer and Hot Wings wanted you back? Would you go back just for funnies? Well, let me just say, that would be extremely, um, uh, what do you call it? Compelling. All right. Um, Just for fun, to be able to still do this show, Perhaps, I guess, I guess there's a lot of depend on there, but I, I, I really don't, that would never, first of all, we hate each other. Uh, second of all, the, 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 the style does not dictate me. I am not, uh, I cannot be an accompanying player. Okay. I would be more suited to be a producer with no microphone, frankly, than to be in a room because I can't shut up. There is no way I could do that. And it would be so damn uncomfortable. And Greg and Chris don't drive content, so I would immediately start getting my lion's share of that. And half the audience fucking hates my guts, so there is no fucking way that would ever happen. No way. So, no. Would you go back just for funnies, though? So, I, I guess. I mean, it, can't, it wouldn't hurt, but it wouldn't work. an hour in the books and I haven't even touched on what I want to talk about yet. Okay. So I do this free podcast every day. Thank you for populating it. I appreciate it. It has gone fantastic since we've started, continues to grow. I appreciate that so much. But what I also do to move the meter is a Patreon. That is more podcasting each and every day. Sometimes I post twice a day, depending on the day. Today, I'm posting smarter than a former drug dealer trivia for Patreon subscribers and the Patreon bonus podcast. If you want more podcasting on top of what I already do, sign up for my Patreon. No ads. It's funded by you and your dollars. Five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month. That's what I charge. If you want to let it ride month to month, you can. Or you can sign up for a yearly and I'll knock 10% off of the charge. The difference in those subscription levels, five bucks a month is all audio. 10 bucks a month is all audio, all video, all live streams. Sign up at patreon.com. That's spelled P as in Paul, A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Or if you're like, I just want to throw some money at him. Do it that way. And you get something for it. Even if you're like, I don't have any time to listen, but I love Zane and I want to support him. Sign up for the Patreon. And then who knows? Maybe you'll break both your legs while skiing and you'll be laid up and you'll have more time to listen to shit. 
Chris says it would be cool to be on a GR radio station for a local clean hour and promote the shit out of the podcast. Correct. That would be awesome. Wingsguy71 says, I love how today's show has turned into an AMA. Yeah, by the way, if you ever um, um, have a question about something I'm... Uh, when I'm when I get on these open book segments like this, I'm gonna turn to you. And by the way, I got a a, a, me, a message or not a message, a conversation I had with um, Nick and Mike the other day about how the comments you've become a terrific. Uh, you're my call in feature. The people who are weighing in on the comments, and I've somehow figured out a way to speak and read at the same time, which wasn't the easiest thing to learn how to do. And we seem to have it in a good spot right now. So thank you. All right. The free podcast, though, is driven by sponsors. There's a number of them today that I still have to get to, and I only have 53 minutes left to talk to you, so I don't know how the fuck I'm going to pull this this off. I guess I'll be giving you a big chunk of them. Tag accounting. So if you really want to help out my show, and this goes for any one of the sponsors, um, when the need, your need, meets my message, please engage my sponsors. Tax season is here, okay? In April, that's the deadline. Call on Tag Accounting to do your personal tax return. Essentially, all you have to do is call. They will handle the rest. Barb in the office is going to tell you what you need to do. Maybe PJ... These two great people that are do all the uh, administrative heavy lifting for the man, the myth, the, the legend, the tax hobbit, Troy Ginzer of Tag Accounting, certified public accountant in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but serving a client base anywhere in the United States. No matter where you are, reach out 616-301-9516. Call up. Uh, tag, how can I help you? Eric Zane sent me. I need Troy to do my taxes. Okay, here's what you need to do. Do exactly as they say. At one point, you have completely given all of your documents to them. And then what do you do? Wait until your money shows up electronically in your bank account. It's going to cost you, I don't know. I haven't even got the exact price of what it costs to get your taxes done. I think I pay 125 bucks to get my personal return done. Mine's a little bit more in depth than yours, so you might not even pay that much. When I say that, it's because Troy does my business tax and personal tax. This is a business. This actually is. This is what's called an S-Corp LLC. The Eric Zane Show Podcast. Employee one. 616-301-9516. If you have a business... They can do your business taxes too, like what I was just talking about. Okay, so that's uh, Tag Accounting. Thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, 
engineering your success. Make the phone ring, please. Also, the uh, lube peddler, Jason Mays at JM Synthetics. 616-747-0233. If you're a DIY pro, maybe changing your oil in your uh, in your vehicle, oil filter, air filters, whatever it may be, uh, lubricating things, like, I don't know, your snowblower needs an oil change, you need some uh, a firearms lubricant, whatever, go to this website, jmsynthetics.com. Now, he is an Amsoil distributor. <laughs> Let me try that again. He is an Amsoil distributor. Okay. So he has a day job, but on the side, he peddles Amsoil. Go to his website, shop by product or shop by piece of equipment and buy. But I don't want you to buy it online. You could right there. Jason's phone number is right there. This is the way uh, hillbillies and Saranac do business. Call or text him. Say, hey, man, I need this, this, and this. And then he handles the rest. It shows up at your door. That's it. 616-747-0233 is his phone number. Or just go to jmsynthetics.com. A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. We are midway through the the winter. It is the 15th of February. And, you know, um, I'm starting to look long-term. For me personally, I like as we approach March because that's the month that there's uh, some fucking saying that that they say that denotes that it's uh, the weather's starting to turn. What is it? Uh, It has something to do with livestock. Fuck. Uh, March. March. March starts cold and and, uh, there's a a sheep reference or something like that. In like a sheep, out like a. The fuck is it? March. In like a. Is it in like a sheep? Why would it be in like a sheep? Oh, my God. I wasn't even fucking close. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Oh, my God. In like a sheep. What a dick. Anyway. My point is, yes, it won't be long till we're getting out of the heating season. However, with that thing running all the time right now, if you have not gotten that thing tuned up, Prior to the start of the winter. My God, you're rolling the dice and you could have an unexpected breakdown. If that does happen, you you can do scheduled maintenance, which won't cost you an arm and a leg. Or if you have an after hours service call, oh my God, you are going to be forcibly boned if you have to wake someone up to uh, get your heat turned on. And it might be something as dumb as you didn't replace the furnace filter or you didn't get the thing cleaned and the sensors are all covered with shit and it's not talking to the other components. Come on, man. Reach out to A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579 today. 
Mention me, please. Let's get into this. Thank you to Zaniac Chris for posting pictures. What are, What is going on here you're seeing on Twitch? And if you're not, if you're listening to the audio podcast, I will link this up for you to check it out at your, uh, at your leisure. Uh, this is taken from the Ellen Show. Chris Bruinsma grabbed some screenshots for the episode that dropped yesterday. And right there, in the middle, there's the queen of the forest on Ellen. To her left, our right, is my wife backup, Sherry. And then to Diana's right, our left, is the princess of the forest, Madison. To her right is the princess's best friend, Alyssa. Okay, these four, that's the dream team at Ellen. Uh, right now, there's a producer telling them all to clap for something that's not funny and stupid. Okay, let's see. So all ladies, gay guy here, lady, lady, gay guy, gay guy, gay guy, my group, gay guy, lady, 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 gay guy, lady, all at the Ellen Show, the final season. Uh, I did not watch it yet. Another good shot of the queen. Queen, wife backup. Look, here you go. She is seated. These two are lovers here. These two are clapping, but they're like, man, I cannot wait to get back to the hotel room and explore the inside of that anus. This might be a good show, but... I need some I need some asshole. A lot of clapping going on on the show. A lot of clapping. Comments. Dean, you see, you're missing the mark. Pooh Bear is clapping because the basement is done. You calling her Pooh Bear is funny enough, but clapping because the basement is done is well first of all inaccurate it's not done so it's just your your jokes always start out on the right track in upsetting me pooh bear is clapping is upsetting me but you finish the joke with because the basement is done you'd be much better suited to write pooh bear is clapping because she's thinking of me that would be funnier and would make more sense you dipshit writing because the basement is done is just stupid. So I'm not annoyed that you're calling her Pooh Bear. I'm annoyed because your joke is so stupid. You fucking moron. Jason writes, woo Oh, yes. Oh, look at her. With Taylor Hicks. What's that guy doing now? Did anyone grab a screenshot of her looking at her phone after Eric sent her a picture? I wish I could have been watching that live. Then I would have done that because that actually happened when she was seen on TV at the Tigers game way back. And I sent her a monster pick of my ding dong. And you see her on the, uh, on the screen behind home plate, look at it and then look over her shoulder, make sure no one's looking at her phone. It was great. 
Nick writes, Mike Pellerito, the picture of his chocolate ring. That's not chocolate. I'm not sure what that means. Another awful joke. Does that mean my butthole? Is that what you're saying? Stevie says, how did you see the show? All that was on was the stupid Olympics. Stevie. There is a thing. And it's called the internet. And if you look at it and you type a few select words, all will be, all will, all will be revealed. And if you were to write, when is Ellen on? And it will tell you the time, the channel, and uh, who is on. That's how I found out, at least. I don't know. I want to read up on that, how the internet works. She's like, fuck you, Eric. Fuck you, Eric. Uh, Nick says, hey, uh, congratulations. You pieced the joke together. It was a horrible joke. W- wasn't funny. Um, all right. Chris says, how could you tell she was looking at your pick? Did she zoom in? Stupid. Shut up. All right. I have an update for you. Another update that I uh, want to share. This is a good one. I don't think I've talked about this on the free podcast. I talked about it on the Patreon, and then I forgot completely because I'm an idiot. You see this handsome boy? Yeah. You all know him. He loves to wear scarves. And I think that is the uh, most unbelievable thing, that a dog that handsome, that happy, could be the last dog in the shelter. Rusty the dog, which I spent considerable time on. This post-great food giveaway, when the folks from the um, Grand Rapids Pitbull Alliance told me that um, Rusty was still, still not adopted. In fact, um, let me see if I can get this going here share it with you so we can all enjoy it home for far too long and he just needs the right family he does tonight doug reardon met rusty and found out why he's been at the shelter longer than most of his roommates it is very rare for a dog to stay at a shelter for that amount of time. Two years, almost the entire length of the pandemic, which was actually a time a lot of shelters around the country saw their adoption numbers go up. But Rusty is still here waiting to find his forever home. What you got? He's an awesome dog. He's quirky, like many of us are. <laughs> the volunteer coordinator at the Kent County Animal Shelter has known Rusty the dog a long, long Look time. Look at him. Let's see, it's 2022, 2021. He has been here since August of 2020, uh, so a very long time. 
Heather and Rusty wow. met just a few months into the pandemic. It's just kind of weird looking. He's kind of got a, a pity body with a more narrow head and a long snout. And I think he's handsome as hell. I don't think he's weird at all. Just a, just a huge overbite. Since he came in, most all of Rusty's neighbors have gone to homes, and we meet all. The chicken did get adopted, the rooster. Even the rooster got adopted, but Rusty is still here. Heather says it's uncommon for an animal to stay such a long time at a shelter. Usually the longer they stay here, the more stress they get, and they just, sometimes they can just get depressed and kind of give up. So we started to see that happening with Rusty. Rusty hasn't had an easy life. He came to the shelter as a stray and a puppy just one year old. The shelter scanned his microchip and found his owners. We contacted them. He said, you know what? This dog just keeps escaping my yard to try to pick fights with other dogs. Uh, you can just keep him. in there. Now, oh God, I, I, I cannot imagine someone doing that. You know, just relinquishing a dog like that. I, I would um, I would go the extra mile to try to keep the dog. And then if I couldn't, I'd find someone I'd, I'd find someone on my own to take the dog. But it just dropped the fucking dog off. I wish that we could find out who did that and go over there and beat the fuck out of him. Rusty has trouble around people he doesn't know. He'd need to be the only pet at home and can't live somewhere with a lot of foot or road traffic. He's anxious, and Heather says the longer he stays, the worse it gets. He can't live here forever. We can't maintain him here forever. This is not a home. It's not a replacement for a home. Volunteers have stepped up, taking Rusty on extra walks to the park and to their homes, but only for a little while. And hockey. Rusty loves hockey. He's a Red Wings fan, Heather says, in case anyone was wondering. Rusty is the right dog. He's just waiting for the right family. As long as he's willing to fight, we're willing to fight for him. And if you want to adopt Rusty, it is as easy as just calling the Kent County Animal Shelter. In Kent County, Doug Reardon, Fox 17 News. Well, people. All right. Well, um, I am uh, uh, proud to announce that uh, he has been in a home for now four weeks, and uh, I'm free to discuss it. At first, I was told, don't discuss it yet, because we want to make sure it sticks. Like, uh, we want to make, because he's been adopted before and been brought back. So, our work is done. Um I'm not even particularly sure uh, how it all went down. I talked to Tanel over at the uh, Grand Rapids Pitbull Alliance because I was curious um, how the person who adopted Rusty, how it uh, how it all came to pass. And it, it's not 100% sure. Um, but I asked, how did the sweet lady who adopted Rusty hear about Rusty? She wrote, thank you. This is also bittersweet. Sad to see him go, but glad he has a home. I guess she has been following Rusty, but I believe it was um, the coverage that you shared and then the Fox 17 segment. She knows a friend of ours at the Humane Society and reached out to her and she connected all of us. So this is a perfect example of when the message meets the right set of ears. And, um, oh, man, I tell you what, that was uh, that really, really bothered me. That really, really upset me when I found out that he had not yet found a home. So... There you go. That really ended well. I'm so stoked about that. Oh, my God. So he's doing great. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to update you on that. Some fantastic news to report. Okay. Speaking of good news, I want to check out the uh, Threads podcast. 
I want you to check out the po- Threads podcast. But let's see. What did they talk about on the latest episode? God, yeah, Jason's Jason and Mike's website just looks fantastic. Look at this. I would never want mine to look that together. I want mine to be just a little shitty. Theirs is not. Look at that. Um, Episodes. Look at, oh, God, you got the tunnel. Homeless, Homeless expert schools Jason and Mike on what we got wrong and what we can do to help. That is the subject matter for the latest edition of Threads Podcast. All right, hang on a second here. Read more. Uh, That's Jason. That's Jason actually staring at the stars right there. Hi, guys. Welcome to Threads Podcast Life Unfiltered. Thank you so much for joining us today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. See, Mike, I said the same thing every time. (laughs) It's like I say the same intro every time. Uh, Looking forward to recording episode 167 today. Two idiots get schooled on homelessness. Mike likes to berate us as hosts that we're stupid. Well, we were, especially when talking about the I'm homeless. So we're going to talk about that again, but we have an expert with us today, um, Terry Caldwell. She is over there shaking her head, but she... Can you imagine if, if they said, she's homeless, and she's going to break down how shitty it is. Is much more an expert than Jason or I. Um, she actually works with my wife. She actually is my wife's boss in Uh-oh. quotes. I'm not sure anyone... She, she shows in. Sure, she shows up. She sets a, down a jar. It's full of pee. They're like, oh, no, don't do it. Natalie's boss. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, so, Terry, can can you give us a brief overview of who you are? Yep. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Uh, okay. So, there you go. That's all I'm going to share. Josh says, call back to uh, homeless expert. What are the advantages of being homeless? Great question. All right. Thank you. To Jason and Mike. So if you're, you know, you need something else to listen to, please patronize Threads Podcast. Found wherever you download podcasts, threadspodcast.com is their website. T H R E A D S, Threads Podcast, all one word, threadspodcast.com. That's some asshole who was trolling me said, You have a pod, you. You advertise for a podcast on your podcast? It's like, yes, asshole. So what? That happens all, first of all, that happens all the time. Second of all, their money's green. I crack up at uh, podcasts that, um, you know, constantly make a big deal about where they show up on the, uh, because there's a thing, there's actual podcast charts. And I don't know how those numbers come to be. Or how they actually happen. It has to do with that uh, buzzword algorithm, I think. And uh, I'm not sure. But uh, my podcast doesn't show up on any charts. And then I had somebody say to me the other day, uh, hey, where's your uh, uh, podcast charting? And I, I said, 
I don't know. And I said, well, what do you mean you don't know? Uh, just what I said. I don't, I don't have any idea. Well, don't you want to know where you are? I go, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't. And he says, don't you care about any of the numbers? I go, I only care about the dollars and cents number. And as of this point, I am still doing this for a living. So uh, that's really the only number I am concerned with. Dollars and cents. How do you make money? I go, well, first of all, I'm lucky. Not every podcaster has a built-in audience from the radio. So I cheated. Make no mistake. But for three years and over one month, it seems to work. So I'm just going to keep going and uh, try to make it happen more and more. By the way, I have some great news. I am... I am putting the cart before the horse, but I am teaming up with Berlin Raceway. The Eric Zane Show podcast and Berlin Raceway are establishing a marketing uh, partnership right now. And what that means is we are going to have Zaniac get-togethers at the track, okay, And it'll be me, you, watching the races, having a great time. They do an amazing job at Berlin Raceway. And I even have the ability to give away tickets for the podcast, uh, for podcast listeners to the races and, and a member of the audience will wave the the flag to start the race. You know, like green flag drop as the cars roar by. Oh, my God. Is your hand, you're like over the track waving the fucking flag like crazy as these guys take off like a bat out of hell. Holy shit. We're going to kill it, man. I cannot wait for that. So thank you to Andrew from Berlin Raceway. To reaching out for reaching out to your old pal, Eric Zane. Will they give you a car to drive around the track? You know what they need to do? They need to bring back the media race. Okay. Which they've done that in the past. And I I can help make that happen. And I'm going to be in a car. And Greg and Chris are going to be in a car. And I'm going to put them right into the fucking wall. Or or if they do demo derby night, yes, same deal. I That's fucking great. I love it. Uh, Nick says Kevin Corbat is going to feverishly masturbate when he hears this later. So, Kevin, this is what you need to do. when Because you live in North Carolina now. You need to come back to Michigan for a weekend, and then you uh, will put you in the stand, the uh, starting stand, whatever they call it, and wave the flag. Okay? By the way, no more bring your own booze. That's out. You got to buy the beer there. Okay? No more of that bring your cooler shit. They got to make money, so you're buying their beer. Changing plans. They have their own vendors. 
Aram says we've seen Eric drive a race car. He would be the pace car. Yes, that's true. That is true. Kyle, um, no, no making rude comments about the cost of beer. It's an entertainment option. Shut the fuck up. Don't start on a bad foot. Chris says you haven't been able to bring your own beer in quite a while. By the way, Chris K, very cultured. I saw an image of him, Zaniac Chris K, at uh, DeVos Performance Hall, seeing the play Hamilton. That's right. Everybody around here is going to see that fucking play. It's such a hit. I think it's the second time it's been here and like people are falling over themselves to see this thing. And you know, it ain't Broadway, but the touring uh, players are fantastic and they make this an amazing, amazing event. You were in the very front, right in the center. Now I have been to one play it's and it was actually on broadway went to broadway play and it was a packed house probably about 15 years ago for beauty and the beast and oh my god holy shit i have never been more bored in all of my life why is this an entertainment option? Oh my God. This is so not my cup of tea. Ugh. I would rather go to any dumpy VFW and hear a cover band play Jim Croce songs then go to see a play. I hate plays. They suck. Ugh. Terrible. The singing is perfect. The acting, you know, it's all play acting. But holy shit, do I hate it. I just hate it. Nick writes, Eric, quote, let me do this sponsor live. Uh, let me do this sponsor live read. Certain Zaniacs. Seems like the perfect time to talk shit about the sponsor. And then, yes, that is a pet peeve of mine. Absolutely. If I'm sitting there talking about a sponsor and then you then you knife the sponsor, I'm not happy with you. <coughs> Stevie, Stevie, last week. I don't like it when you do that. You're my inner circle. You're the ones that watch live. Don't do that. Because then your words are there. And if by chance my sponsor sees that, they're discouraged in supporting me. So don't do that. Just button your lip. You don't need to get into my business. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, in attendance right now, and if I see him in here, that's fantastic. Uh, The Canadian Twitch guru. Don Collins is here. Um, he's the man who put the Eric's Angel podcast on Twitch. It was all him. 
He came to me when no one else would. I wasn't even ready for him. Thank you, Don, again. Don is pissed off today. And you want to know why? It's because Justin Trudeau, this is going to get him going, has uh, declared, I believe, a state of emergency. He invoked emergency powers to stop the truckers who are protesting. And so people like Don, I believe Don has dual citizenship, but I'm not sure on that. Don lives in California, but he's Canadian. He's very much in tune with what the fuck's going on in Canada. Trudeau has pissed everyone in Canada off because these uh, emergency powers are actually taking away civil rights of Canadians. (laughs) Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has been criticized by several civil liberties groups and politicians for invoking emergency powers to stop the protests across the country against COVID-19 restrictions. Don says all powers, but the military. Yes, I'm Canadian, but that prime minister is a freaking joke. Canadian civil liberties associations argued that the protests, which have snarled traffic in cities and at the border did not meet the standard to have invoked the emergencies act. Trudeau's like, I don't think so. So Canadians are Pissed. Oh my God. Pissed off Canadian. Um, in Detroit, they've just finished clearing all the trucks from the Ambassador Bridge from Windsor, Ontario to Detroit. All those idiots were on there like, oh my God. All right. Sorry you have to deal with that, Don. We don't have any problems with our leadership here in the United States. Everything's smooth. Everything's great. All right. I'm so running out of time and I've touched nothing that I wanted to talk about. Um, all right. So I was talking about threads podcast. That's how I got to this point. I also want to mention blue frost it. Thank you so much. Blue frost it, the managed it service provider for this podcast. Now they're local to where I am in grand grand rapids, Michigan. So, um, the lion's share of their business is right here, but I have a large local audience. So this is what I'm asking of you. If, uh, you have, are able to bend the ear of the boss, or if you are the boss and you're aware of the need to upgrade your tech in the workplace, don't just go out and start buying things. Just sit down for half an hour for a complimentary consultation with Blue Frost IT. After they assess the needs of your business and what you do to make money, they will um, they will then recommend what you need to buy. This keeps you from buying too little, too much, or the wrong tech. They help you with that process, and then they will uh, set it all up for you. Now, after the consultation, they're going to a project job after that. And they get you up and running with your network and your firewalls and your printers and everything that you need. Then they convert what you've done and you've paid for that to a managed bit of work. Now they're on top. They're your IT department. So here you are a little startup with six employees. You have an IT department. I utilize this. You pay them a little bit each month and then that's it. 
the managed IT service provider for your business, for my business, Blue Frost IT, 616-200-8550. They even go so far as setting up the infrastructure, retrofitting your office with uh, line drops, things like that, or if it's new construction, they can they can do all that with your contractors. They're awesome. They're bringing the tools from Blue Frost IT. Online at blue, uh, bluefrostit.com, where it was just revealed to me that they have hands in on their website. Okay, Prince Arming, if you want to get your concealed pistol license, you need to bang on the door of Prince Arming. And I do this every time where I start talking about them, and then I don't have any idea if there's an upcoming class. That's because I suck. Prince Arming on Facebook. Yes, the next class is Saturday, March 26th in Allendale, Michigan. You want more info, you can do this. Go to their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Prince Arming, or click on their link on my website. You'll see their logo. And then on Facebook, if you click on more, there's a drop down. It says events. You can buy your tickets right there for this CPL CCW class. Okay. Unlike those Canadians, uh, it's good to carry around a pistol. I want you all to carry your pistols. Even if you don't own a pistol, take the class, damn it, and then get your pistol. Some of you are like, you're crazy. You're a gun-toting maniac. Shut up. 616-204-1705. 616-204-1705. Okay. I got this incredible story about my connection with an international child pornography ring that and I yeah th- those are the words I just said my connection with an international child pornography ring pornography ring don't move I need a drink of water okay there you go mm-mm John Jamingo from the Boomer Bunker podcast and the Rubberneckers podcast says what the truckers should do is burn down and loot stores. Then he says that's what black-faced Trudeau supports. I don't think Justin Trudeau supports looting and breaking into stores. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that is, you, you've taken a liberty with that one, John. Oh, I see what's going on. We've got like a, uh, a back and forth between Corey. And Corey's involved in this. I think there's a little bit of a culture conflict going on on the, on the chat. I'll let you guys settle that amongst amongst yourselves. Doesn't sound like too much fun. All right. I kind the next time there's a riot, I kind of uh, I kind of want to be part of it. I kind of want to just walk around with like Stu McAllister and do some man on the street stuff with the rioters. I think that that would be excellent. I think that that would be some compelling shit. Live downtown, Stu and Eric doing a podcast. Live with the rioters. 
All right. So the other day I had a con a conversation with um, a really nice lady, and I mentioned this. Her name is Katrina Daniel. And um, she hosts the Prime Time Crime Podcast. Um, I believe she's got a background in law and these short listen pot listen to podcasts. It's a short listen, usually like 20 to 30 minutes. She has an expert on about a various thing, might talk about a case that's going on. It's a weekly show. She has a background in TV, so uh, expert delivery, very professional. And a husband is a lawyer. And so the reason why I was speaking to her was because she's trying to take the next step in podcasting about various boring behind the thing, uh, behind the scenes things she can do to help her podcast grow. So, okay, you know, having a nice conversation with her. And uh, while talking with her, um, I, uh, she says, so for my day job, uh, a lot of what I do is, is a very niche, um, career that I'm in, but I produce documentary videos and I go, Oh, okay. That sounds very interesting to me. She goes, but they're not like for public use. They are documentaries that I make, um, to, you know how, like when there's a person who's committed a crime and they're caught and then they're um, on trial and then when they're uh, maybe convicted and then various people will speak on behalf of the defendant as character witnesses to hope that somehow influence the judge to somehow have a, a sentence that doesn't uh, that kind of keeps a person um, on, on the low end of the sentencing guidelines. Okay, so let's say you do something terrible, but um, your history of work, you haven't been a career criminal, and you have, um, it's, it's more like um, uh, it, it does, it's done to keep you from spending the rest of your life in prison as a character. People read those statements in prison. What she has done is she does that and then does it in video form. About She might shoot video about... Um, a defendant's livelihood, what they do, interview with people who have something nice to say about the defendant. Sure, they did something terrible, but this is all post-conviction, trying to keep them from spending the rest of their life in, in prison. And I forgot why we got onto this topic, but she said that one of her clients, um, some of her clients, there was more than one, um, were involved in an international child pornography ring. And uh, she described what she was uh, sidled with the very demanding task of somehow trying to create a documentary that only the judge sees. That's what that's, these are the only eyes that see these, these things. No, no people see them. Judges watch them and they have to be a particular way. They can't be too dramatic they can't be overly produced. They have to be very basic so as not to um, give the judge the impression that they're being snowed, you know? So it's not easy to do this. You, There's a very fine line between over the top 
that could piss off a judge and appropriate to give the judge just basically an idea of who he's sentencing um, with background. Okay, that's it. It's like a, um, um, you know, it's similar to like um, a character witness reading reading a statement, but in video form. This lady makes those videos for judges. And she revealed to me that she was able to do this for a person who was involved in a child pornography ring. And she said, yeah, it was a pretty widely known case of a group of child pornographers. Imagine that. You're working for a child pornographer. Holy shit. And the um, investigators dubbed this group of men the board group. Not like board of directors, like, hey, I'm bored. B-O-R-E-D. The board group. Because the aliases they used in online chat rooms for unknown reasons, often contain the word board. So she's telling me this a week ago. Two days later, a story shows up on my feed. Just going to read it. It happened um, in a, a prison not that far from here. In uh, Milan, Michigan. I think that's in the neighborhood of Ann Arbor. A man accused of killing a convicted child predator in federal prison a month after the man was sentenced has pleaded guilty to his role in the brutal assault. Federal inmate Adam Taylor Wright pleaded guilty Thursday to one count of second-degree murder for the death, death of fellow inmate Christian Mayer who was beaten and stabbed to death in the Milan Correctional Facility back in 2019. This is the guy. In pleading guilty, Wright agreed to a sentence of at least 27 years that can run concurrent or consecutive with current sentence of 16 and a half years. So he basically, uh, in my opinion, this is a good thing. You know, I mean, Jesus, he killed a child fucking uh, predator. Wright, 41, of Springfield, Illinois, is one of three men who were accused of kicking and stomping Mayor on January 2nd, 2019, before stabbing him and throwing him down a flight of metal stairs inside the minimum security facility. Mayor, 40, died of his injuries. It talks about the defendants are still awaiting trial. Uh, So, yes, uh, that guy was part of the team that she had to make a documentary for. And I, I got to the point in the story where it says investigators dubbed the group of men, the board group. And I saw that and usual with me, it didn't resonate. I, I, I read board group and I went, where have I seen that before? I've heard that before recently. And how did I, Oh my God. So I, um, copied the link and I sent it to my uh, new best friend, Katrina Daniel. And I said, Hey, is this your guy? She did not respond. That was one, one, uh, one less sexual predator in the world today. That's how you roll the dice. It's amazing that, uh, sexual predators even do what they do. They're so turned on by children. Okay. 
the, 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 the sickness runs so far into their soul that they are willing to A, ruin their life and then be locked away in a place where you're so low on the totem pole that you run the risk of being murdered. The draw of of child penis and vagina is so strong, you're willing to roll the dice on that. Uh, Jesse says, I thought Zane was going to talk about a guy related to sharply fading audio down. Kate says, horrifying. Those sick fuckers need to go. John Jamingo says, I'm all for this crime. The guy who did this should get time off their sentence for good behavior. Great point. They're known as tree jumpers. I'm going to talk to Dale today on Smarter Than a Former Drug Dealer Trivia at 1030 Eastern Time on Patreon. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Uh, Nick. Patriot Nick. Little peanut Nick is going to take on Dale. Um. John, or I should say Jason Schaefer said you should have, I think it was Jason said you should have all peanut, peanut related questions when Nick plays. I'll talk to Dale about the treatment of uh, child predators in prison. I'll mention that. I want to hear his take. Cause he's, I mean, J- Dale's was in uh, a state prison for like more than 20 years. You know, he's seen some shit fucking a. Okay. I'll close with this. Shikari Richardson. Do you remember the name Shikari Richardson? Some of you are like, ah, ah, wait. Uh, well, she's a black woman. I know that. Shikari Richardson. This is her. Absolutely beautiful. One of the fastest women alive. She's pissed off because of this white chick with a weird look on her face. What the hell's going on here? The white chick is the 15-year-old Russian figure skater, okay? Who, the way this unfolded was she was tested in December and they found in a banned substance in the blood sample or the pee sample, whatever it was, in December. And then uh, the it was swept under the rug and somehow once she got to the Olympics, it came out. So then they're like, ah, she cannot compete. She got a banned substance in her body. And then, uh, the coaches said, well, it was because of a tainted sample. Somehow the test got tainted something to do with a relative because it was a heart medication with a banned substance and a heart medication, uh, designed to prevent angina chest pain. And it got, and I don't know how the fuck it got in there, but the coaches said it was a tainted sample. That's what happened. Uh, so it was an accidental introduction of that chemical into her, into the blood sample or the urine sample. Don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. But the Olympic officials bought it. Now that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. If if you know, it sounds like somebody's doing what they can to try to get this this chick who's really great, I guess, at figure skating to be able to compete. And she did compete yesterday morning, and I don't know anything else about that. I don't need to know anything about that because nobody gives a fuck about the Olympics. The only thing we give about the Olympics is when there's somebody breaks a leg or cries on the hill or something stupid happens 
or this happens. Now, why is Shikari Richardson involved in this? Because she was the chick whose mom died before the Olympics. And she said, oh, my God, I'm so grief stricken by my mother dying. Let's smoke a fatty. So she lights up a joint and she burns. She kind of calms her nerves down. And she gets through it. Okay, the Olympics come to town, and uh, it's time for her to go compete. She takes a test. They go, hey, there's a little bit of THC in your body. And she's like, okay, seriously? And they go, yeah, you can't compete. You're out for 30 days. So she's been fucking training her ass off. Fastest woman on the planet. This beautiful hair goes flying, man. She looks like fucking Katniss. She's running. And the, the hair is flying behind her. It's it's this beautiful shade of orange-red fire flying behind her. Who gets the Katniss reference? Raise your hand if you get the Katniss reference. Well, anyway, she can't compete. She's like, well, how the fuck is this okay? I get kept from uh, competing, and now this, this cracker bitch is is allowed to compete. And though Shikari or Shikari, I don't know how to say it, I think is a little dumb. Um, She should have been allowed to, this is bullshit. And she's saying the only difference is this is a white chick and I'm a black chick. Okay. Yes and no. I mean, it is bullshit that all of that went down the drain because you had a little THC in your system. Uh, the the argument is that people who medicate and use marijuana, um, they they do it for safety reasons. Um, and the reason why they do that is because if you, let's say, are nursing an injury and you're training and during the Olympics or leading up to the Olympics, and then you they do it to protect the athlete because if you uh, mask the pain with marijuana, deadens it, you can then keep training and that could hurt the athlete more. At least that's the line. That's what they're telling you. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they maintain. She's like, bullshit. It's just because I'm black and you're letting the white chick in there. And it's hard to argue when the white chick is given a free pass. I mean, she had an excuse. Why can't, why doesn't that work? And this fucking white Russian bitch is allowed to compete. Fuck that shit. All right. So then she said this. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. Okay. And then she added this. This makes me think she's pretty dumb. Can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine's? Now, maybe I look dumb. I'm pretty sure mine's doesn't need to be there. Shouldn't that just say, can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine? She wrote mines. She added to this. My mother died and I can't run and was also favored to place top three. Yeah. She, someone needs a proofread. I think for uh Shikari Richardson. Okay. I think that that might actually help her. If she had someone helping her on her, on her tweets. Uh, Kate says, there you go. Race card. I think Kate is suggesting that the race card should not be played here. She also adds hashtag dumbs and hashtag 
dumbs as a box of rocks. Actually, the ad hoc division of the court has issued its decision in the procedures relating to the figure skater Camila Valieva. The CAS panel in charge of this matter has decided to let Ms. Valieva continue her participation in the Olympic Winter Games Beijing 2022. The Court of Arbitration for Sport has done something I thought I would never see. It is allowing an athlete who has a positive doping test within the last two months to compete in the Olympic Games and very likely win one of the most prestigious Olympic gold medals there is, the gold medal in women's figure skating. We're talking, of course, about 15-year-old Russian Kamila Valieva and the fact that CAS today said that it was okay for her to continue competing in these Olympic Games. Obviously, there's a lot to pick apart here. We, in the next few hours and days, we will know more. But what a devastating blow to those athletes, Katie Ledecky, Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, Michelle Kwan, so many others who've done things the right way, who have fought so hard. For- she carry Richards like, what about me? All I did was smoke a blood, motherfucker. What about mines? For clean sport, who have gone the extra mile to prove that they are not doping. To have an athlete, a Russian athlete, even though she's only 15, sympathy is there, of course, for her. The adults are the ones we should look at. But still, to have someone who has a positive doping test competing in these Olympic Games is just a slap in the face to all of those athletes doing it the right way. A very dark day for the Olympic Games. Wow, she's really taking this hard. So what does that mean now for the team competition? The Russians winning the gold, the U.S. the silver, the Japanese the bronze. But would Russia then lose that medal and the United States moving up to the gold medal? The answer is this decision does not give us an answer on that bigger issue. What's going to happen next is there has to be another case before the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And that would be about the merits of the case involving Velieva and that drug test. That could take months. And that's when we would find out if, in fact, the Russians keep that gold medal or if the United States moves up and gets the gold medal. But the bottom line is Camilla Velieva has won. The Russians have won. And unfortunately, uh, the, the cause for clean doping is taking a huge hit here. You know, I hearken back to the days when all we ever cared about when it comes to figure skating. Like if this ever, if shit ever went down back in the day, you just have uh, Tanya Harding and Galuli and the other fucker just bash the other bitch's knee into oblivion. That's the end of it. Uh, now that now that was fucking amazing. Why? Why? Corey says, who gives a shit if she's 15? She's allowed to compete because she's Russian. That's it. It's horseshit. No, it's true. Uh, you know. Typically, it's a very hard and fast rule. If you have a positive test, it doesn't give a fucking... No one gives a shit about your excuse if it's in your system. It's not like it's an accidental thing. You know the rules. These are the best people in the world. There's a a number of protocols in place to make it so your system... Is, uh, is not being introduced with any banned substances. It's not like me, you know, I fucking go downstairs and just start grabbing shit out of the fridge and throw it in my face. Russian, American, anybody, doesn't matter. They're, uh, they're, they're taking very special care to make sure that nothing foreign is entering your system because they know you're fucked. But this crazy little bitch 
They they made up some fucking story that she got the uh, the chemical into her, and they said, "Ah, oh, yeah, fuck it, that's cool." I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you're in communist fucking Beijing and uh, China, and it's a Russian athlete, so you got some fucking home cooking there. Uh, I, I I honestly don't think it's a race thing, just like Shikari Richardson claims. It sure looks that way, but it's not. It's more the politics, I think, of the Olympics, but. She can think what uh, what she wants. Meanwhile, uh, Russia wants to invade Ukraine. Which, by the way, I, I was hearing that there is um, some chance that they're starting to look for a diplomatic end to that. I hope so. Holy fuck, that would be just terrible if we're if if suddenly there's a war, an invasion of a country. Fucking a man, no good. Uh, Corey says it's a nationality thing, not a race thing. I agree. But I understand why Shikari Richardson would, would think that. A, she's black. B, she's dumb. So there's that. All right, folks. I'm going to wrap this up. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage invites you to reach out to them if you need a mortgage. 231-332-6505. Love Mario so much. No matter where you are in the U.S., if you're in the market for a mortgage, 231-332-6505. NMLS number 3035. They are the best. And, uh, you know, you can get a refi. You can get a first mortgage, your 10th mortgage. And uh, if you have a great credit score, easy process, low credit score, which does happen, uh, more work, but he's up for it. He signed up for this, and he would love to hear from you. 231-332-6505. Okay. Supplemental. Health insurance. You've got your workplace insurance from, from your boss. Okay. Uh, you've got a copay. If in the event there's something terrible that happens to you, the bills could be so damn debilitating, even with the coverage that you have from your employer. Employers try to go cheap. They're going to get you into a policy. Every year you pay more, you get less. Uh, if you have a supplemental policy to fill in those gaps. That's going to help. Doesn't cost you that much. You can really, I mean, seriously, you need to investigate this. Reach out to Frank Fuss at mypolicyshop.com. 231-332-6505. If you have a question about a supplemental health insurance policy, okay, this is called be prepared. If you get stuck, with a car accident bill or recovery or an emergency room. We're talking thousands of dollars, man. Or, uh, I don't know, you blow out a knee. My God, the NFK surgery was $80,000. Had it not been for Frank, Kevin would have been on the hook for 20% of that. He goes, yeah, you need a different policy for his, his Medicare. Put the surgery off till after January one. That's the type of help I'm talking about with Frank the Tank. 231-332-6505 for My Policy Shop Insurance. Comedy this week. Hmm. What is this? Golden ticket to NYC. The top comics in Michigan will battle it out on Wednesday, February 16th for a chance to win $5,000 or a trip to New York to perform along some legendary comedians at the famed New York Comedy Club. This is happening at the Grand Rapids Comedy Club. 
That is part of Creston Brewing. $10 gets you in for this event. Robert Kelly is in town Thursday at the Park Theater. If you want um, a complete rundown of all the shows coming to the area as part of Full House Comedy under their umbrella, go to fullhousecomedy.com. All right. I believe that's it. I believe we are going to wrap up this show. Let us do the asshole of the day. Yesterday's asshole of the day, and if you have any nominations, please send them along in the live chat, was whoever posted the monkey masturbating video on Zaniac United. Too much. Peter says Justin Trudeau should be the asshole of the day. Why? Why would you say that? Are you guys suggesting that I let politics invade the asshole of the day? That would be, don't you think that would be weird? That would kind of like show me as having some type of allegiance. And I know that the people who would say Justin Trudeau are the asshole of the day have one of the worst personality traits on the planet. Um, you're a patriot, and that is that used to be a a nice thing to refer to someone as, but that is that's like the worst thing you can call anyone. That's like calling him a cocksucker. So that would imply that I am agreeing with you and your distorted, warped, shit-headed way of looking at the world. If I put the prime of the great country of Canada. Um, well, you know, it's funny. You want me to write Justin Trudeau down, but I don't have uh, a segment called all star of the day. So I don't know how you would expect that to work. Weird. Well, I'll consider it. I don't know who's going to be the asshole of the day. I am struggling. Let me go this route with you. Completely different. I just heard from sick fuck Dean. Dean, yesterday, with his beloved sister by his side, holding the hand of the man responsible for bringing, half responsible for bringing those two to this world. Their father. And he passed away yesterday. He had um, a horrible bout with dementia. Obviously, this hits close to home. A father has dementia. Uh, it has been a terrible, terrible ordeal um, for their family. Dean writes this at 729 this morning. Hey, could you make dementia? the asshole of the day today. My father suffered slowly for six to seven years until it ended up taking his life. You can explain then on the show if you like. It's just a request. Don't feel like you have to. 
Well, Dean, I think it goes without uh, saying that that is a, a poignant thing and, and our best to your family. Everybody is thinking of you despite the fact that you're a fuckhead. Uh, we love you very much. So the asshole of the day is dementia. Uh, may God uh, bless your father's eternal soul and may he rest in peace. All right, folks. That's going to do it. Oh, fuck. I spelled dementia wrong. I spelled dementia. Oh, fucking A. What an asshole. Hey, you died of dementia. I was doing so well. Melissa wrote idiot. Well, there's a laugh. You know, hey, you got to laugh. Hi, I, trying to be all poignant and perfect, and I spelt it wrong. <laughs> Sorry, can't help it. At least I caught it. Nick says, I noticed it immediately. Immediately. Oh my God, Eric, way to lighten the mood. I didn't mean to. That was an accident. All right. Onward and upward. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you really want to support the show, sign up for my Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Eric Zane. Thank you for signing up, and I will see you over there in a little while. Okay, that's it. Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.